Welcome to the radio ministry of Cedar Grove United Methodist Church. May God fill you and transform you through the work of the Holy Spirit. Now for some music and then Pastor Brian Bully. Sing like never before 
Our gospel reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, the 14th chapter. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. And then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up twelve baskets of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about five thousand men besides women and children. This is the word of God for the people of God. God. Well, today we're having one of those top ten New Testament stories. You've all heard that Jesus fed people. Here's the story of the biggest meal he provided that we know about. After the day when Jesus preached about the kingdom of heaven, The word got to King Herod. Herod had been a fan of John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin. But John had loudly been telling people, including Herod, that he should not have married Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. The king had arrested John and wanted to kill him, but he was afraid of the people who considered John to be a prophet. Herod's wife, however, was far bolder. She would do things that the king would never think of doing. She maneuvered the king into a position where he promised in an oath to give her daughter anything she wanted because she danced so well. Talking with her mother, she said, Give me John the Baptist's head on a platter in front of all of Herod's dinner guests. So he was forced to have John beheaded And the head was brought to the daughter who passed it on to her mother. Jesus soon found out. When Jesus found out, he took a boat and he went off to a private place alone. His cousin had just been executed and Jesus needed some alone time. But the crowd saw where he was going to and they followed him around the lake. Jesus, despite his grief for his cousin, saw the large crowd and had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. Sometimes you see action helping others 
is the best cure for personal grief. Blind men were being given sight that day. The deaf were able to hear. Cuts and scrapes and sores were healed at a time without any sort of antibiotic. Broken arms and legs and bad knees were fixed. Emotional problems were handled. The crowds were impressed with Jesus. But you know, even today, Jesus heals. We so often forget that the purpose of church is not for people to attend church and put money in the plate. But the purpose of church is to heal people of their physical, emotional, and spiritual issues. Now most churches do a good job entertaining people to keep their attendance up, but we need to always remember that those discussions in the classes in the entranceways, the parking lots, standing in the pews, and at the restaurants after church, those discussions about God and what God can do and has done in our lives are perhaps even more important. Those hugs in the pews, those five minutes when we become a listening friend, those times when we tell our friend, I've been there and God can handle that problem too. Those are the reason we have church. That is the reason to attend a church rather than just listening on the radio, watching on Facebook, or watching a TV show. This back and forth, this listening friendship, that is a key reason to attend church. So many people complain, and they say disgustingly, that church is just a social club. They've forgotten that it should be a social club where people working through Christ and with the Holy Spirit help each other. For sitting around you in church today are dozens of people who are acting like Jesus would do if he were here in the flesh. They're ready to help you heal from the hurts of this life. Sometimes they have advice for you. Once in a while they have money or goods to give you. And every so often they can tell you how to cure a sickness or heal an illness. But you know, every Sunday, they're here to remind you that you are important to other people in this church, in this life. And that, my friends, is when the church heals the sicknesses in our souls. And I'm not just talking about the people who we think need the healing. Those who do the healing also needed healing themselves. It's just a different level of hurts that we need healing from. For all the people, all people need to be made whole, which actually is the real meaning of the ancient words we translate as be healed. It's be made whole. We need to be made whole. We need the, the holes in our hearts to be filled. And one way that we're able to be made whole is when we help others become whole. Healing others helps ourselves. For we find that we mean something to other people. Something deep as we listen to them tell their stories of trouble, of hurt, of need. As we mean something to other people, a deep need inside us is healed. A need to be appreciated for what we bring to the world. It's healed gradually every time we listen to other people. For the people are not just people. 
They're people who listen to the Holy Spirit of Christ speaking in their hearts and therefore they're all connected to each other and we're connected to them. And that means that Jesus is touching them and us when they listen and speak wisdom back to us. Jesus is healing us through our church friends. Whether we're the obvious one who needs healing and is hurting or whether we're the one who's choosing to listen and give advice. For Jesus has compassion on people and heals the sick in the crowd. How are you sick today? How have you been healed by the people of Christ, the people of this church over the last few months? Who can you heal today as you listen to the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart? Through that Holy Spirit and our choice to listen to the whisper of the Spirit, we are all being healed by Jesus, even as we heal others. And don't forget the children. Children need healing too. And the people of the church, they are the very people who can give the guidance and the wisdom and the love that will heal children. I know the headlines are always talking about the children who were hurt in the church, the teenagers who were driven away and hurt. But you know, for every child hurt, there are a dozen or more who have learned how to become caring, wonderful, generous adults by growing up in church. But those children, they never make the headlines because pain and hurt, they sell more newspapers and television ads than just gentle, slow healing does. Late that afternoon, the disciples came to Jesus. They were very practical men. Some of them had families themselves, men who understood the ways of life. And so they said to him, we're off in the middle of nowhere and it's getting late in the day. You need to send the crowds away so they can go into the villages and buy food for their suppers. They weren't hard-hearted men. They were actually quite compassionate. They cared for the men in the crowd and their families. But they didn't understand the power that Jesus could give them to heal and to help others. And so they thought that Jesus needed to send the crowd away where others could help them with food. Jesus wasn't having any, any of this idea of sending people away to the villages. They don't need to go away, he said. You give them something to eat. And of course the disciples, what's the disciples, they, they were checking their pockets and their backpacks and they did a quick count. We've only got five loaves of bread and two fish. They answered it. Clearly that was just a drop in the bucket. For Matthew tells us that there were about 5,000 men plus women and children. For everyone to have a simple fish sandwich like that, a McDonald's size filet of fish, that would mean at least 10,000 slices of bread and about 1,250 pounds of fish. Even Sam Beaver's big halibut was only 100 pounds in size. <laughs> Although it's probably growing now, right? <laughs> no, the disciples probably had about 10 or 20 or maybe 30 pounds of fish. And the loaves were probably no larger than our standard loaf of bread, but pro actually were probably smaller. You know, our standard loaf of bread is normally cut into 20 slices, but the, the loaves they had back in those days were probably about this big. They weren't this big, they were about this big. That meant that they needed at least 500 loaves of bread. What were they going to do? 
They're practical men. They'd already worked this out. The numbers simply didn't add up. So Jesus said to the disciples, though, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. And the disciples just looked back, probably the same way you would look, if I gave you a half hour's notice to feed 5,000 people, right, Shirley? <laughs> well, you could go to all the supermarkets in Parkersburg, and you still probably wouldn't be able to round up 500 loaves of bread the rest of the day. Now imagine standing out in a meadow beside Mountwood Parks Lake and Jesus asking you to feed the 5,000 people listening to him teach plus the women and children who had come along and do it now. And Jesus says, you give them something to eat. They should have remembered their history. Many years before, after the prophet Elijah was taken up into heaven, his servant Elisha took over as chief prophet. One day there was a famine. Elisha was with a hundred people. A man came to Elisha bringing 20 small loaves of barley bread with him. Clearly they were small loaves, probably each about the size of a six, maybe a 12-inch submarine roll. Elisha accepted the offering and said to his servant, now give it to the people to eat. The servant objected, this wasn't enough food for a hundred people. But Elisha insisted that there would be enough with leftovers even. And there was. And this was part of 2 Kings chapter 4. It's a chapter which tells stories about how Elisha was the great prophet he was. And now Jesus was standing in front of the disciples telling them to feed 5,000 people with just five loaves of bread and two fish. After letting them stew for a minute, he takes pity on them. He has everyone sit down on the grass and he takes the food. He turns to heaven, gives thanks to God and breaks the loaves. He gives them to the disciples and the disciples begin passing out the bread and fish to the crowd. And everyone has enough to eat. And the disciples collect 12 basketfuls of leftover pieces. If Elisha was a great prophet for feeding a hundred men with twenty loaves, what did it mean that Jesus had fed five thousand men with five loaves? Well, there's several lessons for us here. First of all, when Jesus is involved, we don't need Kroger's and Piggly Wiggly and Aldi's. Jesus can stretch our supplies as far as they need to go when exciting things are happening for the kingdom of heaven especially when people are being healed by the members of the kingdom of heaven. Now, I personally believe that that wasn't the only food that was there that day, but I also believe that Jesus really, really multiplied those loaves and fishes. There were probably people in the crowd who had brought their own sandwich or a bit of smoked fish or lamb because they weren't going to count on anyone else for their supper. People did not count on anybody else or anything in those days except what they could do themselves. They were being selfish and they were being stingy. You can just see them hiding that little bit of bread there, that crust that they had. They weren't going to share. But as Jesus passed around the baskets of the loaves and fishes, people began to share what they had in addition to what Jesus was passing out. All those dozens of loaves he must have been passing out but now they were beginning to share. 
You see, Jesus multiplied the loaves and fishes way beyond enough for everyone, but I'll bet other people in the crowd also shared their hoarded pita bread and their smoked meat. And so these selfish people began to share just a little bit. They began to heal because Jesus had shared a lot. It isn't just bread and fish that can be stretched by Jesus. Money and places to sleep and time and service, all of that can stretch. People can walk in out of nowhere and start helping. Ideas can find ways to make resources go much farther. Money can come from unexpected sources. When Sandra, my wife, was pastoring a particular church, they had a hot dog sale in the basement of the church. And it was a pretty typical fundraiser for that church. They raised about $300, which was about their typical weekly offering. But they needed a new roof. They had a very small church. Only about eight people would typically show up on a Sunday. But there were more and more people coming to the church. People were coming who had recently been released from prison and they were finding a home there. People were coming who were down and out, but their attendance was still erratic. The church was reaching new people. If everyone had come on the same day, almost 30 people would have been there. But they were financially strapped individually and as a community, and they needed a new roof. As the day progressed, a heavy rain shower came up and the rain just began to pour down, but the damaged roof was the problem. In fact, as Sandra served up hot dogs, she was able to look past the people to the windows to the outside and there was just as much rain coming down inside the windows as outside the windows. And she began to pray for help from God in Christ. A week or so later, very busy, she made time to go to a Methodist woman's retreat. She had a lot of other things to do, and she's driving down the, the road just wondering, why am I going to do this? While there, she met my old fifth grade teacher and began talking, and the discussion turned to her church, and she told the story of the rain and the roof. And the woman replied, it sounds like you need a grant for a new roof. And Sandra said, I agree, but where does one get a grant? And the woman said, you talk to me. I'm in charge of grants for, like that for churches in West Virginia. Within two days, they had the grant paperwork filled in. They still had to raise some more funds themselves. It was a matching sort of thing. Their next hot dog fundraiser, though, raised $1,200. And the grant arrived, and they soon had a new roof. When Jesus is involved... And people are being healed emotionally, spiritually, physically. There will be enough. Jesus will make sure of that. The second lesson to learn is that while we may believe that Jesus can multiply the loaves and fishes, and that's the extent of what our belief is, Jesus first asked the disciples to feed the people. He asked the disciples to feed the people. He doesn't want the people sent away. He wants us to feed the people. Even after Jesus multiplied the bread and the fish, he had the disciples serve the meal. We are to, to serve the meal. We are to heal the people. Jesus is not a vending machine, just putting out good things for us. He's more like a huge pantry closet, a place where the huge supply of food is kept, but the food needs prepared. And we need to become the cooks and the chefs. We need servers to deliver the food. We need people to heal the people.
For Jesus isn't just giving us things. He's trying to heal us, to change us, to help us learn how to heal each other, to stop being so selfish. He's helping us to serve each other and work to help each other. Because of all the terrible things in the world, of all the horrible things people do to each other, the selfishness and the disobedience from the Garden of Eden was what God wants us most to repair. We are to heal. And that's why the curse was twofold. Men were to work for food instead of just walking around picking it off of the trees like they did in the garden. Men were to, to fight against an evil earth that grew thorns so we would recognize the value of hard work, of goodness, of good food. And women were to bear children because providing for children teaches us to get outside ourselves, to become unselfish, to care for others. And even today, Jesus asks us to learn to treat our neighbors as we would like to be treated ourselves. To do good rather than evil. To be generous rather than selfish. To help and heal our neighbors rather than reject them. And if we do that, he will give us everything we can't or don't bring ourselves. How far will Jesus go to share his bread on the evening before he was arrested and sent to die on the cross, Jesus reminded his disciples of the feeding of the 5,000 indirectly. He said, this bread that I'm breaking and sharing with you, it's my body that's broken for you. And he went further and told them that the red wine they were drinking was the blood he would shed for them. And they ate and they drank. And the next day his body was broken on the cross and his blood bled out. Remember this always. Whenever you eat bread or drink wine or grape juice, Jesus is immensely generous in his healing and the sharing of resources, and he expects us to do the same. You give them something to eat. Think of the people that you see or know walking around town, shopping beside you at the supermarket, eating beside you, or serving you at the restaurants or at the supermarket. You give them something to eat. It might be food, but it might more be spiritual or emotional healing. You heal them as Jesus heals them. You help them as Jesus helps them. And Jesus will multiply all the resources we need, the bread, the fish, the money, to make sure everyone is satisfied. Consider how you can share the healing of Christ and the good things of Christ. Consider who needs healing in your life, who you know, and then share generous, generously what you have been given, like the disciples sharing the baskets of bread and fish, and there will be plenty basketfuls left over for everyone else. Amen. If the world from you withhold all its silver and its gold, and you have to get along with meager fare, just remember in his word how he feeds the little bird. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Surely bring you out. 
Methodist Church and Pastor Brian Bowling would like to thank you for listening to last week's pre-recorded sermon. Join us live this Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and on Facebook. We are located on Route 47, a mile and a half east off I-77, just across from WVU Parkersburg campus. Donations may be mailed to Cedar Grove UMC, 168 Old Turnpike Road, Parkersburg, West Virginia, 26104. Or you can text the word GIVE to 1304-244-1903 or visit our website, cedargroveunitedmethodist.org and click on the GIVE tab. This will bring up a form where you can determine how much you would like to give. Thank you and God bless you in your life.